Welcome back to the Trifecta Soft Podcast. I'm your host, E-Rock. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, so you never miss another podcast. Also, do me a favor. Go on to whatever podcast app you listen to us on and give us a rating and review. That really helps us rank in the searches. Thank you so much. Let's get into the podcast. was happy to hear from you. I, I just started listening to the podcast somewhat recently. Um, I listened to a couple others, but um, I've gotten like super into it. I can actually uh, at work, like I can keep an earbud in and listen. Um, so that's usually what I listen to. I listen to like Gorilla Airsoft Radio. They're a big one. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a few others and there's like, there's a whole lot. Um, but like, I appreciate your channel or your podcast in particular being like an on a like podcast app podcast, like not just like the kind of YouTube ones. Like I like being able to open it on the app and it can go with me on the go much more easier. Yeah. That was the uh, goal when I first set it up was to, uh, so I use this, uh, this service called a buzzsprout. And uh, I know there's a bunch of them out there, but I, I chose that one because it was uh, the simplest one that once you upload something, it puts it out on everything. Like it, we're on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, like any podcast thing. There's even ones that I've never even heard of. Like if you just search yeah. Trifecta Airsoft Podcast, there's a, you know, like if you Google it or whatever, there's a whole list of like stuff I've never even heard of, you know, podcast players that we show up on. And right. so I do the one, you know, I just uploaded to that one site and it goes out to everything. So oh, that's that, super convenient. Yeah, it's very convenient. So then you can, you know, you can play it, you know, where you don't have to have your screen on all the time. Cause YouTube, if you don't have the premium or red or whatever it's called, you have to do the, uh, you know, you have to keep the screen on to right. listen to it. So in fact, the other one, one of the ones I was listening to the other day, I clicked it, I was at work and I set my phone down and I just turned it off, you know, hit the lock button. Because normally I listen to stuff on uh, Spotify, you know, like Joe Rogan or whatever. Right. So, uh, and then it went off and I was like, what the fuck? I said, oh yeah, I'm on YouTube. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, we're on all that stuff. So it's really uh, convenient that way to uh, listen to the audio part. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So man, uh, we just, uh, we just kind of met on Instagram, like, the past week or something, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I messaged you, I messaged a bunch of people on there, uh, you know, just trying to look at different people that, uh, maybe have a YouTube channel or kind of, you know, have been in airsoft for a while or whatever and see if they want to, you know, just get on here and bullshit, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Like I, I just love talking about airsoft. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been cool. Like I, I've seen like the last few people you've had were all like UK airsofters. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. There's a, so somebody, uh, one of the girls, uh, Chloe, uh, Anglefield echo is her YouTube channel. She joined our uh, discord like recently, like mm-hmm. in the last month or whatever. And I always look at, you know, new profiles that join to see if, uh, they have like a YouTube channel or anything connected, you know, any other, uh, channel things or whatever, you know, social media connected to their, uh, on their discord thing. So she had a right. YouTube channel. I went and watched a couple of videos, you know, the gameplay videos and they were really good. I was like, Oh, this is cool. So I was like, 
I'll ask her if she wants to be on a podcast. So it took a couple of days for her to respond. And uh, so anyway, we, you know, we were able to work it out and they're five hours ahead of us. Okay. So you're on, you're on my time zone, right? You're. Yeah. I'm on the East coast. So I'm yeah. in Maryland. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm in South Carolina. So that, uh, so we had to figure out a time, whatever, but you know, it worked out fine. And then it kind of like a lot of, once I posted that one, there were like a lot, you know, a lot of the airsoft girls out there that, you know, saw that and kind of tagged it and stuff. And so I asked all them. So it's been like a handful of, you know, UK airsofters that in the last like two weeks, you know? Yeah. If, if you've had, I'm, I'm thinking like, if you've had that many, um, on just like your platform that shows that there's like a big number of women in general. Cause like, that's yeah. just a small sample. And oh, yeah. where I play at least, like I don't see a lot of women playing to be mm-hmm. honest. Yeah. These guys here, uh, whenever I edit their videos, all the events they go to down here, uh, I don't think I've ever seen any, any mm-hmm. females, you know, on either team and there they'll be, you know, a couple hundred people at an event. So, right. But uh, it looks like it's uh, it's pretty big over there for for everybody, really. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's cool. I, I um, yeah, I don't, I, I think it'd be totally cool to see more women in it. But you just, I guess, you don't for some reason. Um, but interestingly, um, part of how I got into airsoft was because of my ex girlfriend. So we just broke up recently, but um. We during the pandemic, so I've been playing airsoft like I guess like a year and a half now. But uh, once like the lifts came up um, off of like quarantine, we were like looking for something to do, and we had gotten a Springer pistol to basically keep like uh, squirrels or um, whatever out of the garden. They kept eating all our like vegetables and stuff, so I, I figured like a Springer wouldn't kill them, but it'll just like deter them maybe. Right. And then we're like, oh, like this thing's pretty cool. So um, she actually like researched it and like figured out that there was like competitive and like places you could go to shoot each other. Like I knew of it as like a backyard thing. I thought that's all it was, was like you play it in your backyard with friends. Um, so we went to like a, a major sporting goods store and the guy that was working in the outdoor section uh, was actually an airsofter. Um and he did not do like his job properly because he like he, the first thing he said was like don't buy anything here, um, it's like absolute <laughs> garbage. Like and he he gave me the name of like a local store that I still use, and like he's like they'll take care of you. And he told me about some fields nearby, and that's how it started. Um, so it was actually like her interest, I guess, that really got me into it. Oh, that's wild! How long ago was that? Um, so that was year and a few months probably that's good man uh yeah that's funny because uh you know most of the time it's the other way around you know right <laughs> <laughs> so because a lot of these uh girls i talked to in the uk they're they got into it because of their uh boyfriends or husbands or whatever and uh now the one uh alex hillary she uh or no it was uh she got into it from uh her boyfriend or husband, but, uh, what was the other one? Uh, Vixen Vixen had already been playing for, uh, you know, quite a few years. Wow. And, uh, before she met her, uh, boyfriend at one, at an event, you know, 
Mm-hmm. So she got into it because of, uh, I guess, grow- like her brother, when she was growing up, they went pla- uh, paintballing, and then later on she got into airsoft. So, yeah, yeah, but yeah, there's not a whole lot of uh, uh, girls in airsoft, especially down here. We um, we actually did early on in our channel, we did this uh, whole airsoft women for airsoft month uh, when we first started to try because when we first started the channel, I was like, there's no girls out there when you guys are playing they're like no i'm like mm-hmm. I want, why not you know like this is a you know fun thing i i mean when i played paintball it was just you know some buddies from work so there would be a couple girlfriends that would come out and stuff but uh but you know it wasn't it was mostly a guy you know most guys but uh yeah it seems like it's definitely gaining momentum with uh a lot of the, a lot of the girls over there especially yeah hopefully it catches on yeah that's what i said i was like wouldn't you guys like to have some more females out there you know playing and stuff they're like hell yeah that'd be cool yeah i like i just think anybody and everybody that you can get to at least try it like get them to um like not just females but like anybody like that that's like it's how the sport's going to stay alive is new people coming in like if, if people don't keep coming in like it's it's going to die off yeah, for and like sure. that's that's my understanding of kind of what's happening to paintball is it's just like slowly, it's there's there's less and less people getting into it, and it's not as big as a, a thing as it used to be, and like I, I don't want to see that happen to airsoft. Right. Yeah, they uh, you know paintball used to be in the mid '90s and later, they uh, they used to have they used to televise those paintball tournaments on like ESPN three, you know, wow. and. It was all the speedball stuff, you know, with the uh, the short field with the inflate, you know, real colorful inflatables, and um, but you know, it was it was a lot bigger back then for sure. And right. in fact, I hadn't even heard of airsoft uh, when I was playing paintball. Okay, yeah, it was a long time ago, you know, mid nineties, and then I was like, oh, I don't think it really picked up over here until a lot later, but. One of the guys that I've done a few podcasts with, I think I've done three or four with him, uh, Keeper. He uh, he's got he's been playing since the mid nineties, and he's got like specialty guns that he's had made, and uh, and that's what our podcasts are about. With with him is the uh, I call it the Keeper Gun Show because yeah, I've seen got, those, yeah, yeah, he's got so many, bro. It's like he had a guy that was making uh, that lived in like LA or whatever that was making props, gun props for uh, Hollywood, you know, big Hollywood movies. He had that guy make him a couple of guns that, I mean, looked awesome. You know, they look real. Like he, you know, painted them just right and everything. So it's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I could definitely, I could definitely see how it would be a lot of fun just collecting like I, I have a very small collection. Like I just have a few AEGs, a few gas blowback pistols. Um, but some of them, like some guns, they're like, I see it just like, I don't want to play with that, but I want to have it. Like, I don't want to bring that on the field, but that would be so cool to have. Like there's a lot of guns. I look at that way. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we got a lot of guns like that that weren't really practical to carry on the field Yeah, you know, in our mystery boxes and stuff. But, uh, but they're really cool. 
Right. Yeah. Like, and, uh, um, I think you talked about it on another episode, but like anything like shell ejecting, like they have like bolt action shell ejecting, and then they have like the pumped action shotguns that shell eject. Like that is just like fun to use. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Yeah. That, uh, we had, I'm trying to think if we had a, uh, I don't think we ever got a shell ejecting, you know, gun in our collection, like in the mystery boxes or whatever, but keeper talked about it. He had one that was a sniper rifle. Yeah. And, uh, and I think, uh, Oh, one of the ones I just released, uh, in the past week, whatever Murph sauce, he talked about, you know, playing with like a shotgun, uh, that was shell ejecting as well. Yeah. 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 It's a lot of fun. I saw, um, there's one guy, um, there's one guy I've gotten to know. He plays at one of the fields I play at regularly and he's super into, um, different loadouts, like historical, like we had, a, um, we had a game on D day that like we, the proceeds went to, uh, VFW, um, like for that game. So he did like a world war two loadout with like a world war two gun. But one day he just came in like, um, like a cowboy hat and like he had two six shooters and they used like actual like shells in them. But like being a revolver, you don't really lose them. Like they're not flying out of the gun every time you shoot. Right. So like it was kind of doable, but still not like the most practical. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We had, uh, that's what, uh, we had this, um, God, I can't remember the name of it now, but one of our earlier videos, we, uh, we got, a Western style six shooter mm-hmm. uh, revolver. And it was the same, same type. Like each shell came out of the, you know, you pulled it out of the uh, cylinder and then you put the BB in the front. Right. And then put the shell back in and, uh, and it worked that way. But uh, yeah, so you don't use, you know, or lose the shells when you shoot. Yeah. And I, I guess there's an, there's enough, um, I, maybe there's not a lot, but there's enough like Western style guns, like whether they're lever action or six shooters or what. Um, but like there, I know that I know at least Balahack does that wild West event and like possibly others, but like there's enough of those guns that they can do a whole game where like you have to have that gear to play. Right. Which is very interesting. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. Balahack, man, they got some cool events. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I So um, you're in, you're in Maryland. Have did I see on your Instagram you you had been to Balahack to play? Yes. So it's like Balahack is just like a little too far um to do like a day out of. Like it's doable, but you would spend more time driving. So I'm like I think I'm like 5 hours, but um this past summer um, I went with my ex-girlfriend to the Outer Banks, North Carolina. Um, and Bellahack was only an hour drive from there, which like I usually drive an hour to the fields around here anyway. There's they're all like about an hour away from me. Um, yeah. so I was like, oh, I'm definitely doing that. And um I just went for a regular um just a regular open play. And everybody I've talked to that's been there said like you have to go there for an event, like the events are like the reason to go there. And like, I do want to do an event, but like just the open play was like very impressive. Like, um, I mean, I only have a few fields to go off of. Like I probably have played it like maybe four or five besides that, like in my area. So I don't have like a ton to compare it to, but like compared to those, like 
they were just like they were super professional they were like they knew what they were doing they ran the games well um like the field itself was just amazing it was it was a very good experience it was it was nice that's cool yeah yeah all the uh videos i've seen from him uh swamp sniper or whatever he uh he you know that they they have so many big events and like i think like 800 900 people you know the yeah. zombie ones or whatever right and uh so i think they definitely have something you know a good setup for you know the rules and the the gameplay the game type and all that kind of stuff because uh to run that many people like coordinating you know <laughs> like a game like that it's right. you know you got to have some good uh, a good system in place for sure yeah it um it was cool so like uh, like one of the things i noticed too is um their objectives seemed like like we did like we started off with like a pretty much just a warm up team deathmatch but then like the objectives were like well thought out and it um if you play the objective like it was you really got into it which was nice um, which isn't always the case when I go to fields. Like sometimes it's just like team deathmatch or capture the flag and that's it. But like um, we got really into it. I remember the one game, um, it was like defuse a bomb and we were on like the attacking team that had to defuse it. And uh, it was, I ended up um, with a few, like four or five people that I, I assumed were regulars there and because they knew the layout and everything and they're like we're gonna flank around such and such area um are you good with going through the swamp and uh, it was like i mean it was super muddy that day it hadn't even rained in a while i heard but like still very muddy and i'm like well my boots are gonna be soaked but uh you know when in rome like if if you're at (laughs) balahack you might as well get muddy so like we flanked around and um got to the objective which was cool but like that field is huge um like we played, we played on a big part of it and people were telling me that like, we only played on a very small part. Like there's like a town, there's a town area and a few like spots around it that kind of have like some structures or cover or whatever. And there's just a whole ton of like open woods and area and trails like around it. So for like an open play, like you're playing on a big area, but it's not like even the whole field. That's crazy. Yeah. And, um, the other thing I really liked about their field too was like they do, so they do a briefing every time you go out on the field. But when you go out, like you're out there for a while, like, and I didn't realize that at first, like I carry, um, I actually carry nine mid caps, 150 rounds. So like, that's a lot of ammo. Yeah. And being out there like an hour, like I pretty much used it up um, the first <laughs> game and then carried my Odin with me like the second so, like, I'm used to playing games where we go out for, like, 10 or 15 minutes. Right. Um, and then whatever. But, like, you're playing a while um, with, like, and then you take a break and then you play a whole other hour, which I really liked a lot. That's cool. That You know, that's uh, real similar to the Milsims these guys go to. You know, they'll play yeah. most of the day. You know, some of them are uh, whatever they call it, you know, full, uh, like, the whole time you, you know, it's on all the time. Once it starts Friday night, there's, you know, the gameplay does not end until like Sunday. So wow. uh, they've been to, you know, a couple of those events. So if you're sleeping on the field, like in a tent or whatever, 
you're you're fair game. Like you yeah. gotta sleep with your with your mask on, you know. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, that's um, that's typically what like those big events they'll do. Uh, you know, all day Saturday, and they'll take a break at lunch. Mm-hmm. But they'll play, you know, four or five hours and take a break, and then another four or five hours. Yeah, so that that's uh, my understanding of the event I signed up for in March, okay. um, which is in North Carolina. Um, yeah, so the the team that's doing the event, I think they're based in South Carolina, actually, but it's called Valkyrie Airsoft. Yeah, Valkyrie Airsoft. Yeah, they've you, played. Uh, our guys have played with them at um, at GTI. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to this event. Um, so it's it's at a junkyard. Um, which I think is a cool AO. Um, and with, with it being a junkyard so that it made the uh, ticket cost pretty cheap. Um, so I actually got like the early bird pricing. I bought it like way in advanced and it was super cheap, but even the regular pricing is like no more than a hundred dollars, Yeah, which, um, I understand is pretty cheap for an event, but, um, I heard it is because being at a junkyard, they can't use pyro. Like no smokes, uh, no bangers. So, um, like being that there's cars and stuff all over the place. But that being the case, like I guess insurance is cheaper, so they can lower the ticket price, which is nice. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is. Yeah, cool. and um, I so I and I do I do like using smokes. I do like using like the EG sixty sevens or like tag oh, grenades. Yeah. But um, I think it'll be cool doing an event without actually because like I've, I don't know. I've seen a lot of videos and like I've talked to people playing these games. And it seems like at certain points it can be like uh, who has the most pyro to like get whatever room or whatever is what it comes oh, down yeah. to. <laughs> For real, yeah. yeah, definitely. Especially if you have those tag ins, man, you'd be freaking yeah. blasting. You know, so I mean, usually those are, uh, I think, restricted to just like vehicles or technicals or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, if you have a bunch of grenades and especially smoke, you know, that's a real big help if you're trying to take, you know, push a building. Right. They're doing like vehicle based entry. So I don't know What's exactly that? how that's going to work. They put out a video like that shows a little bit of the AO. Um, and they showed like people like riding on like the sides of trucks and stuff like going in. So that'll be interesting too. But oh, um, cool. I, yeah, so I've been playing like a year and a half. This is my first like actual like weekend mill sim. And I've been wanting to do this for a while. And um, so Todd, who you know, Tugboat Captain, he put yes. um, on another Discord I'm on, there's like an events tab, and he posted that. And I am I was looking at it, I'm like, you know, that's it's a doable drive. It's not terribly far. And uh, March just turned out to be like perfect timing for me. So I was like, let's do it. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Skirmish, the future of Airsoft gameplay management. Are you ready to take Airsoft to the next level? Skirmish's innovative gameplay solution keeps players and spectators engaged with real-time updates. Capture objectives, detonate targets, medic, and more at Skirmish-enabled fields. Skirmish tracks every action so you don't have to. Review past games, action by action, and follow your progress in national rankings. Phones are not required. If you want to find out more, head to skirmish.net. And check out episode 157 of this podcast where I talk with the owner of Skirmish about how it started and how it works. Stay connected, my friends. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's uh, you're not going to be far from us. Oh, really? 
Yeah, and uh, you know we're we're about forty five minutes from the uh, North Carolina border. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So Greenville, Simpsonville, uh, South Carolina, and uh, there's actually one of the guys I did a, a podcast with last week. He uh, Gibbers Gibbers plays airsoft. Mm-hmm. He play. He's in North Carolina now. He's up in Raleigh. That's about four hour drive, I guess. But uh, I'll have to look up uh, what event you're going to because. The guys here, they're going – their next big event is here in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to GTI for uh, Stonebreaker. Yeah. Which is a big event every year, you know. Yeah, I think Todd might be going to that one. I'd, yeah. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure G, GTI, like they're like a big yeah. uh, like Milsom company, right? Yeah, so they <clears> – <throat> what they do, that, that location – they actually uh, they'll rent it out for airsoft events, you know, every couple months or whatever. And it's it's like a military training center, right? Right, exactly. Okay. Yeah, That's they do. Cool. Uh, so it's government training institute, I think it is. But they'll do uh, they do military training. They do um, they'll have FBI, SWAT teams, you know, sheriff departments. I mean, you know, all kind of, and they do you know live round training in there. Mm. So uh, they'll, they'll get, these guys will go to the events, and there's like you know expended brass all over the <laughs> where they could see all over the place, you know, where they just had a training session the weekend before or whatever. Oh, uh, so so instead of kneeling on BBs, you're kneeling on brass, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, you better have some padding, I'll tell you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. This uh, so Gibbers was just talking about um, an event. Maybe it's the same one. So I wonder if he's going to the same one. It's called um, Operation Emortan, and okay. it's in uh, Linden, North Carolina. Okay. Yeah, it's like March, the weekend of like March 11th, I think. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, we stay in contact with uh, the guys from Valkyrie, you know, on Instagram. In mm-hmm. fact, uh, <clears throat> I commented on one of their posts last week, and uh, – he was like, man, I wish you guys would have been able to, you know, make it, or we missed you at this last event or whatever. Right. And, um, because the first, you know, year that we started our channel, these guys went to, you know, almost all the events around here. Nice. Big events. So they were playing every couple weekends, you know, at least once a month, but then every couple weekends too. So. Yeah. Um, one of the things I noticed about Valkyrie is, so I saw they have, um, at some of their events, I don't know if it's going to be at this one, but they've had events with like the amped airsoft thriller, which is really right. cool. And like, if I'm not mistaken, they might be sponsored with them. Mm. I think I'm sometimes I'm, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but amped is awesome. And I've actually, I've been to their like storefront. Okay. Um, so my brother, uh, this past November married his wife, who's from Pittsburgh. They got yeah. married in Pittsburgh but uh, we got there on like a Friday. The event or the the wedding was on a Saturday, but we had like a rehearsal dinner at like I don't know, say six p.m. And uh, I don't know, maybe it was like four thirty, five o'clock. I'm like, this is going to be my only chance to go to AMP. Like, I'm not going to be able to do it 
like tomorrow because it's the wedding. I'm not going to be able to go before right. we leave. Like I got to go and like, but I can't be late for this uh, rehearsal. <laughs> um, so Pittsburgh is a nightmare to drive in. Like it really is. There's like a lot of one ways, a lot of like, yep. like streets change throughout the day. So GPS can be unreliable. Yeah. Um, so I'm like driving through downtown Pittsburgh and I make it there. The store was really cool. Like I talked to the guy there for a while. Um, I bought a, I bought a barrel really cheap and uh, I got the MR hop up bucking oh, nice. and um, Omega dub for one of my guns. Um, and I wanted to stay longer and just talk and look at stuff, but uh, I had to get back and like, man, I just barely made it to that rehearsal in time. <laughs> Your brother's for, like, for you better get over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if, if I would have had to say it, like I, I would have never said it, but like if my brother would have known I was late because of like going to an airsoft store, I don't know if he would have forgiven me. <laughs> <laughs> Is this your older brother or younger brother? My older brother. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he, has he, uh, he knows you play airsoft and all that. Yeah. Um, actually, uh, yeah, he does. Um, I don't know if he doesn't seem too interested in it, but his new wife is actually pretty interested. Really? And uh, yeah, so she she said like her brother, who I met at the wedding, um, her I think it's her younger brother. When they were kids, he had what I imagine was like probably like a spring airsoft gun, and he would like shoot her with it. <laughs> and she was like, "That thing, that thing hurts so bad." I'm like, like, "Wait till you see like the guns that like people use. I'm sure they're a lot." They're a lot better than like what your <laughs> right. brother had a decade, like a decade or two ago as a kid. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like when cool. I when I when I got into airsoft, um, I was impressed because like I played with Springers as like a kid, and I didn't really know there was much beyond that. So like when I learned what like an AEG was, what HPA and like yes blowback, I was I was blown away, and like. Also, just like how much it hurts, like I was not expecting that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, trust me, I know. <laughs> I was in yep. the same boat. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I was used the, to. You heard, I heard about the that. story of getting shot in the hand from <laughs> man. That that oh, ooh, that's dude. rough. Yeah. So I, I mean, I learned the hard way. It was, you know, because when these guys started, you know, playing in the last couple of years, I, uh, what I remembered was I bought them when they were growing up. You know, because two of the guys on, my, on our channel are, are my sons. Mm -hmm. And uh, so when they were growing up, I bought them springers to play in the backyard. And they'd run around, you know, and they'd run in the house and <laughs> shoot each other, whatever. And uh, and then as they started getting, you know, into it in the last couple of years, the guns looked awesome. You know, they're replica. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. Because they'd, you know, show me one, like, look at this gun I got. You know, it looks like an M4 or whatever. And uh, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool, you know? I was like, yeah, but they don't – I mean, it's a toy. It's right, right. these tiny – you know, I'm looking at the BBs. I'm holding them in my hand. I'm, You know, we're filming, and I'm like, this. there's no way it hurts. But, yeah, uh, yeah I learned my lesson real quick. <laughs> yeah, it like it, – it doesn't even take that – it doesn't even take that much to really cause pain. And I learned that too. Like, so all the fields around here are like 149 joules – um for a limit which is like 400 with twos but um so that obviously hurts especially up close but uh oh, yeah there's an indoor arena that just opened up pretty recently near me and they're they actually do like japan rules which is um the max on like any gun there is 300 fps with point twos but wow. um which is low but yeah. like close up like i had bleeders from 300 fps holy cow 
Yeah, I mean, those were close-up shots, like popping yeah. through a door and getting shot, like right there. But, oh yeah, point blank. Yeah. Yeah, but still, like I was, I was very surprised. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was a. Uh, we went to uh, Airsoft Columbia, which is about two hours away from us, you know, down south, <clears throat> and we uh, we spent the night there. I filmed, and they played, and I actually went on the field. You know, inside there with a uh, riot shield. They give me a riot shield and a and like an orange vest, so or a green vest, or whatever. So people wouldn't shoot me. You know, as I was filming, right? And uh, so I'm walking around filming, and and somebody came around. I'm following one of our guys. Somebody came around behind us and shot me from probably 15, 20 feet away, uh, right in the lower back. You know, <laughs> the love handles. I yeah. was like, That's like I felt worst. that one. Yeah, I just he goes, oh, sorry, man. You know, because he just popped out and saw an you know a person there and and shot. And uh, I was like, oh, that's cool, man. You can you know because I mean it was it hurt, it stung, you know. Oh, I bet love handles. <laughs> that's like, probably like Woo-hoo! that's probably the worst spot. I said, man, I okay, I'm awake. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, so, yeah, yeah, that's a sensitive area, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, like in, uh, anywhere on your side, I think is yeah. Like, yep. I mean, your ribs, your arm is usually in front of your ribs, so you don't usually get shot there. Right. But if anywhere on, like, your side is going to hurt a lot, but yeah. usually it's down lower because if you get shot up here, it's going to hit your arm. Right. Yeah, and especially if you're wearing, like, a chest rig or something, you know, it's got, you know, the straps and the kind of something in the back there. You know, right, so very right. little of your back is exposed. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. 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 These guys are usually geared up pretty good when they go and they'll, mm-hmm. they'll come back with marks, you know, uh, especially on like the knuckles and stuff. Yeah. But, um, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> they'll get hit in the hands, but, uh, and they'll have some on their arms for sure. Yeah. It gets, um, it gets hot and humid here in the summer. So I'm always oh, wearing yeah. short sleeves in the summer and, um, yeah, from like the elbow down, my arms will get will get marked up a little bit. Oh yeah. <laughs> so what uh you got into airsoft just a year and a half ago and you're going pretty steady into it then. You got like, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So have you made some friends on the field that you hang with like a team? Yeah, um I I'm not on a team, but um there's two guys I play with like when I pretty much see him whenever I play and we'll coordinate which fields we're going to. Um, and yeah, I've just, I've met a lot of people I see and I, uh, I'm at I, where I'm located is like, it's like the same distance to like every field. It seems like it's like an hour to like an hour and 15 minutes. Like I'm in the middle and they're all in a different direction somewhere. <laughs> um, so like I try and not play like the f- same field all the time. So like, I like I I got like a few people I know at this field and a few people I know at that field, um, which is cool. Like there, uh, like there's never a time where I'll show up and not know anyone usually. Right. Yeah. And I saw on your Instagram you use uh, you have a Crytek. Um, oh yeah, I'm I'm a huge Crytek fan. Yeah. Um, just because like I I'm I I have no um, desire to crack open a gearbox. Um, and the Crytacs have just worked out. I have two of them. I have the both, um, both of the Trident series. One's the shorter CRB with like a 
M-Lock rail, or no, a key mod rail, and the other is the SPR, with which is longer. It has the M-Lock rail. But um, that gearbox is just, like, perfect for me stock. It, it does everything I want it to do. And then, like, the one thing I am comfortable doing is, like, hop-up and barrel upgrades. Right. Um, so on both of my Crytacs, I've put in Elvish Tack R-Hops. Mm. I don't know if if you've heard of Elvish Tack. No, I mean, I've heard the uh, Maple Leafs and the R-Hops, whatever, but what yeah, is that? Yeah, so... So I have I have the uh, the uh, Maple Leaf MR hop in my G and G gun, and um, it works very well. And it, it's my understanding that it's built. It's like a bucking that works the same way as an R hop. Um, so I do like that. And actually, that MR hop is on a pretty low powered gun. Mm-hmm. So like the range it gets is comparable to like my R hops, which are in way higher power guns. So that says something oh, okay. about it. Yeah. Um. But the Elvish Tack stuff, um, so they have a website. I think it's elvishtack.com, but they sell them through either Amazon or eBay. I bought them on Amazon. Um, and the package I got is a it's a ZCI barrel. So they have like most of the barrels they use for their R-Hops are ZCI. They have some nicer ones if you want to get like a more expensive one. Um, but I got the ZCI one, 6.03. It has the R-Hop patch in the barrel. And it comes with a spare one because that's one of the downsides is the R patch will wear out eventually. Okay. But you get a spare one with it. And then it comes with the um, modify flat bucking. And um, you can use a flat nub with the R hop, like put it in your arm and use the flat hop. But um, I lucked out having a Crytac because there's a few brands they make what they call an S-nub for, Crytac being one of them. They make them for like G&G, VFC, Crytac, and maybe a few others. But the S-nub, basically, you use instead of a nub. Um, and it's just like a it's a tiny little rectangle that's concave. And you put that in place of your nub. It basically fills the whole window where your nub would go. And oh, wow. the arm has nothing in it. The bare arm just pushes down on it. Um, so it gives it like a real flat surface area in addition to the R hop. Um, and I've had really good results and they have, so like if, again, if you have like a, a G and G hop unit, a BFC, and I think they might make some of the popular, like aftermarket hop units, you can get that with the S nub, or you can just buy the, the barrel, the bucking and the flat nub. But, um, yeah, like I, I swear by Elvish tack, it just, the increase in range and accuracy was just night and day. It was awesome. That is cool. Yeah. yeah I'd never heard of that, uh, that brand. Yeah. And it's, and you can get it on Amazon. And, um, yeah. I, I buy a lot of my airsoft stuff on Amazon. I know like you hear sometimes people will say like, you know, don't buy from Amazon for airsoft. And like, I completely disagree with that. Yeah. Like, yes, I think, yes, there's like a lot of, stuff you don't want to get from Amazon. But if you can do a tiny bit of research, like you can get the same exact stuff for less and it'll be shipped to you within a couple of days. Like a lot of the stuff you're going to get on eVike or Amped or whatever, you can get on Amazon. You just have to know what to look for. Right. But um, like, I mean, I guess if you're a new player and you don't know anything about brands or what or what the pricing should be, then you might want to avoid it. But if you know this stuff, like I think Amazon's a viable option. Like I've gotten... Like they have plenty of good batteries on there. They have good iPro. You can get dye masks. Um, right. Yeah. Like any of the good brands. Like, I mean, you can buy Crytax on there. I don't know what their prices are, but you can at least. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't think I've ever looked up uh, like a Crytek or a high-end gun on there, but uh, we, you know, whenever we talk about, like if we've done a video on uh, like a Lancer Tactical, any of the basic, you know, <clears throat> M4s we've gotten in our mystery boxes, uh, I'll tag the, uh, you know, I'll look it up on, on uh, Amazon and tag that link, right. you know, whatever in the video. And yeah, they have a, they have a ton of airsoft stuff on there. That's, you know, I didn't, yeah. I, like I said, I never, I never knew you could get the, uh, the higher end stuff on there. Yeah, you can. Um, like, so I've gotten, um, I bought a die mask. I've gotten the, uh, I love the Titan lithium ion batteries. Okay. Um, you can get those on there and they have other good batteries too. I got, they have like smart chargers, um, anything like, uh, they have most of the reputable brands like Crytek, VFC, maybe G and G, but, yeah. um, some of the times though, you have to look at what you're getting. Cause like Evic or Evic, I don't know what it is, yeah. but they, they are a vendor for Amazon. Oh, so right. sometimes, so sometimes you're just using Amazon to buy through Evic. And you won't yep. get the prime shipping and you're paying like the, the same for shipping and also really right. doesn't make any sense in that case. But like sometimes yeah, that's I have seen that. that. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen where they have the, you know, all that stuff on there and it'll say what, you know, who it's coming from. Right. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, um, actually one of the latest purchases I got um, was from Amazon um, and I'm super happy with it. I bought a real steel optic. A um, it's a Sig Sauer Romeo Five. Nice. So it's like I think it was about one hundred fifteen dollars, which you know it's it seems a little excessive for like an airsoft optic. But like my reasoning for it is like with some of the not all of them, but some of the U.S. made um, real steel optics. You when you pay that price, you get an awesome warranty. So like with the Sig Sauer warranty. I can get like I can get it shot out by a BB. It will you'll look at it and clearly tell it was a BB that damaged it, and they'll replace it no questions asked. Yeah, um, which is like I think that pays for itself right there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and like I mean, what I used to do, I would cut out a piece of Lexan and just glue it onto my optics. Yep. But um, you know, now I can just send it out for a new one. <laughs> right. Right. Well, you know, a lot of yeah, and a lot of people mount the uh, the little plate, you know, plexiglass plate in front of the optic or whatever. Right. I mean, I think that's, I think it works fine. You know, I've you know these guys have used you know used it. I've seen it, and uh, when you look through, as long as your plexiglass is new and not scratched, yeah. then it's you know it's really not that bad unless you get some kind of glare. But, yeah. Uh, you know. I've, I've heard people say, you know, it's not tactical to right. have that plate on there. I'm like, yeah, it is. It's protected because I don't know <laughs> why, man. Optics are like BB magnets. <laughs> All the, like this tiny little spot gets, yeah. you know, struck by these BBs. It's so crazy. Yeah. Or if your nose is exposed, like between the mask and goggles, <laughs> like that's the other magnet. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Well, at least your nose is contoured, you know, it's going to like glance off a little bit, you know, right. and not like your cheek and your forehead, you know, oh, if, I didn't um, have, if I just had glasses, you know, boy, that thing's huge. Yeah. Speaking about face shots, I can't remember um, when you had any of those uh, UK air softers, 
did any of that did you ever talk about like face pro because i know face pro is kind of an issue in uk like some people are pretty much don't use it and like that's a common theme and like if you've ever seen like kicking mustang yeah like, he goes for headshots and i guess there's an argument on both sides but at the end of the day like if you were wearing a a, a face covering like there would have been no issue <laughs> yeah for sure yeah i don't know i've seen a lot of pictures from all different countries including right. the uk uh brazil where the guys are just wearing the goggles you know right i mean hey that's if that's the risk they want to take but uh you know i i'll tell you this when i was talking to uh, alex hillary she's uh she's in the uk she said one of her first games she shot out uh she shot a guy in the face he just had the goggles on and busted his tooth out Ooh. she thought she was gonna have to pay for his dental <laughs> <laughs> so yeah he got his tooth knocked out from when she shot him and uh so i asked her well does he wear face pro now and she said yep <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean it's it's not i don't think most people are gonna last very long like in in bigger games right. where uh, you know, the CQB stuff, you're moving around quite a bit. You are close range, but typically they have a lower, you know, FPS limit and stuff. Right. And, the cha- and, and because you're moving around corners and stuff, you're not really, you know, aiming like up. T- typically, people are aiming for body shots, just yeah. like a natural thing as you come around, a you know, uh, a wall or a corner or through a window or something. So I think uh, – but – even then, most guys that I've seen that we, you know, we've played with or been around at CQB, they're wearing, you know, full face covering. You know, yeah. I mean, you don't have to, but man, it sucks getting hit in the lip or the cheek oh, yeah. or the forehead. <laughs> you know, yeah, like I don't want to have to go around in public with like marks all over my face, no. or God, or God forbid, pay for a ton of dental work. Like that, uh, it's just yeah. not worth it. But it's it's kind of my understanding too that um, maybe not all, but at least some of the mill sims like people don't wear as much face pro. Oh really? Yeah, or maybe maybe just like mill sim west. But uh, I've heard of like some of those like longer games where you're playing, like where you you eat on the field, you sleep. Like yeah, they're like I've I, I've seen videos where like people will say like. They have face pro, but they leave it off most of the time and they'll kind of just put it on if they expect they're going to be in an engagement. Cause I mean, you're playing for like 40 hours straight. Like some people just don't want that on the whole time. Yeah. So, uh, JP, uh, JP from our channel, he, um, he'll wear, you know, these guys go out, they'll wear the helmet, you know, for a mill sim, they'll wear the helmet, the goggles. And then, uh, now Colton and Chris, they'll wear face pro. JP doesn't sometimes. Uh, he'll just wear the goggles, but he wears a mouth guard. So okay. just like a, you know, using football or whatever. Yeah. So he bought one of those and used that for his teeth. That's but, a really uh, good idea. Yeah. So he's like, I don't, he's like the chances he's, he said, I've, I've not been shot, you know, too bad in the face to where it's like hurt. Uh, mm. and then, uh, he's like, I just want to protect my teeth, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's, uh, so he'll wear that, but, um, yeah, I mean, it only takes once. You get a BB lodged in your cheek or your lip, uh, you're probably going to wear a mesh mask or something like that, you know, in the future. Right. Yeah, actually, um, so similar to it, like 
different but similar that it's also like a hack like that i think that's a pretty cool hack like putting a um mouth guard in yeah. but one i came up with i'm sure i'm not the first person to come up with it but i've shared this with people and they're all like oh that's a great idea so what i do um early on i was playing and i took a really bad shot to the nuts like just square <laughs> on and it i was like on the ground like almost in tears and i was really racking my brain like how can i have that not happen again because i never want to experience that again <laughs> right. so what i came up with was like uh, when i played football um i played center so like i would have to okay. wear a cup yep. and we had um we had compress like, like i wear compression shorts and you could yep. like slide a cup in there but i'm like that's so uncomfortable like there's no way i'm wearing that and then i figured like i could take the cup out and um i just put like cut like like a um all like foam almost like foam padding and kind right. of just like stuff that and like you know it's not a, it's not the same protection as a cup but it's enough to stop a bb for so, sure like, that's, that's like a good that's, idea. yeah that's a hack i came up with and yeah. um i've been hit there since and it it uh you know it's not going <laughs> to protect me if i get punched um but like it'll stop a bb <laughs> yeah yeah well that's that's what you're going for for sure that's uh right yeah that's a good idea because i have uh i wear compression shorts a lot you know like mm -hmm. work and stuff in the summertime right like right now i don't have to wear it too much but uh you know because the colder weather but summertime you know i work construction we're always walking up and down stairs carrying stuff whatever you know it's just and you get chafed you know, legs or whatever. So I wear this compression yeah. shorts all the time. I've had them for, for years, you know, where I'm working out and stuff like that. And one of the pairs I have is like some kind of like cyclist, you know, biking, whatever, uh, ones. And they have, uh, they have slots everywhere for like, Pat, I don't know, whatever, or maybe oh, they're okay. some other sport. I don't know, but <laughs> they have pockets everywhere. And, and one of them is in the crotch as well. Oh, that work. Yeah. Yeah. So I know what you mean, but, uh, yeah, I think most people, when they first start out, I think they have, you know, if they don't want, well, even if you watch videos like airsoft videos, mm -hmm. you watch gameplay and the most common ones, the most popular ones you watch are the gameplay ones where they don't really show, you know, most people aren't getting, you know, hurt, right? right. Like a BB lodged in their lip or their eyebrow, or, you know, so they're, uh, you know, so they'll watch some videos and they go out and play. I think they have the same idea you and I had, like, oh, it's not going to hurt. Right. And then you get shot in the face, you know, the cheek or whatever, or the forehead at a fairly close range with a, you know, 350 or 400 <laughs> FPS. And you're like, holy shit. Okay. Yeah. Not doing that anymore. I know uh, <laughs> when I was talking to Chloe, uh, Anglefield Echo, she, um, she said, I asked her what was the worst place she got shot. And, uh, she said the forehead, she got shot right in the middle of the forehead mm. and she's a teacher, like an elementary school teacher. Oh, so no. she went to school and she had this knot. It was like a golf ball size on her head. <laughs> and she said that hurt so bad for like a week. But, uh, yeah, once you get hit somewhere that you like, you know, pain is the ultimate teacher. You know, uh, yep. for sure. So it's, uh, you know, once you get hit somewhere, you're going to go, okay, I need to protect that area no matter where it's at. <laughs> you right. Know? You know? Yeah. I think I, I shared that. Um, it was, I didn't make a post out of it, but I think I, I commented it 
on a on a Reddit thread. I don't do you use Reddit at all? We have we actually have a Reddit uh, page set up that one of our guys set up. Okay, I on there, uh, yeah, but yeah, I do use it. Yeah, so there's like the the Reddit or the R slash Airsoft, um, which uh, I, I have mixed opinions about it on different days, but uh, <laughs> o- overall, it's it's a it's a good place for if you want to just read about airsoft and like chat with people about it. But like, I did make a comment, like someone was, I think the post was about getting hit in the nuts and like how to protect it. And I'm like, look, you got to try this. Like it's, it's not uncomfortable and it works. And like people are seeming to really be receptive to it. Maybe I, uh, maybe I should come out with like a, something I can manufacture where it has like the padding in it already. And it'd be the next big thing. (laughs) <laughs> for the airsoft, you know, airsoft community and paintball because that's uh, you know, one of the guys um who was I talking to? Oh, Vixen in the UK, she was talking about uh somebody she plays with at their field and they sponsor uh this Lancer or it's uh, not Lancer Tactical. It's uh Lone Star Tactical. Mm. In the UK, they have uh I think it's Lone Star Tactical Gear is what their thing is on uh on uh, Instagram, but they, uh, they came up with a mask, you know, a, uh, a slip on, you know, that pulls over your face, you know, face covering that is uh, kind of like a gator or whatever, but it has a built in padding for your mouth. Yeah. There's, there's a couple UK companies that make those. I think it's called like a snood mm-hmm. is what they call it. Um, yeah, that that's a good idea. It's just like it's just that mesh goes over your teeth pretty much. Yeah. And that's uh, you know, they they kind of came up with that or bringing that to market, you mm-hmm. know, trying to get it in retail stores and stuff. And that, you know, so there's a, you know, you could market something like that for, you know, D's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> It would have to be named something like that. You gotta yeah. call it something like that. Yeah, there's no other way. <laughs> I mean, BB's nuts. <laughs> so, um, I wanted to ask. Um, so, so you said you're pretty close to where this event's going to be in March. So it's like mid March, like March 11th, I think the weekend of. Yeah. Um, what what do you expect the weather is usually like around there that time of March? Most of the time it's starting to get warmer. In fact, let me look it up real quick. Yeah. Most most of the time it's starting to get warmer. Uh but we've had springs where it was like a fucking monsoon, bro. Oh. But let me see. I'm 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 about to look. Yeah, sometimes like winter sticks around or like peaks its head back in for like a couple of days, so like you never really know. Right. I have pretty good eyes. It look it looks like it's kind of all over the place. There's like fifty degrees, days, forty, seventy yeah. all over the place. Right. Yeah. So what I'm what I'm considering is um like what uh type of face pro and eye pro I'm gonna use. So um uh so in like so I have really bad fogging issues is my problem. Um, I found a good pair of goggles that don't fog. I got um, their ESS, which is like a pretty good brand. Yeah. Uh, the kind I got, it's called, they're called ESS Influx is like the model. 
and it has a button like right in the center and if you press the button it um the top of it like will vent open like it's still full seal and it will stop a bb but there's like all these vertical slits and then it kind of like open a tiny bit um which really helps with fogging so i don't fog those um yeah that's good which is nice but i don't use those in the summer because like even though i'm not fogging unfortunately they don't put a lot of padding on what goes against your face so like the sweat uh, just like gets oh, all yep. lenses so like it's like great no fog but i, I can't see because there's sweat all over my lens right so, so in the summer if it's hot i'll use a dye mask because there's so much padding and those mm-hmm. are also great for not fogging but i prefer the goggles and lower face but um if it's if it's hot i like i pretty much just have to use the dye so yeah. I'll, I'll probably just break both and I usually do anyway, just to be safe. Yeah. Bring both. That's uh, you know, these guys use, they'll switch it up. They have, when they go to some mill sims, they'll have these uh, you know, the full setup with the goggles and they have the uh, X fog, you know, okay. system running yeah. into their face, you know, thing. So, uh, and that, that works well, uh, except it's kind of loud. So it right. kind of, that's the only drawback. Like it, it works perfect. Like as far as keeping the fog out, but they, uh, you know, it, it kind of, if you're trying to listen, like if you're in a quiet, you know, coming through the, these hallways, like if you're moving inside, uh, and you need to hear it's, uh, you know, it kind of creates a noise with the, the motor, but yeah. it works great with that. But they usually nice. like Chris uses a, a dye mask a lot of times. Yeah. He'll still use that because uh, because of those vents all around. Yeah, and, and he doesn't fog up. Right. Yeah, and um, yeah. So I I've always preferred the uh, the goggles and lower face pro just because it's easier to get a cheek weld. But um, when I bought that new optic, I also got it like a giant riser. It's like two inches. So. Um, so like actually I had I brought my gun up. I'm in my spare room, but uh hell yeah, let me see. I, I brought the gun up. Um dude, your dog is no. being so good. Yeah, beautiful, yeah, she beautiful just sits there. German is that a German shepherd? Yeah, that's Kaylee. Um mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, yeah she, she's great. Um she's always hanging out with me. But uh yeah, this thing it's wow, it's big, it's go. like two inches, but even oh, with perfect. a dye mask. Yep. Even with a dye mask, I can get the cheek weld. Yeah. Yeah. That's the big problem with, uh, with wearing all that face stuff is, uh, being able to see down your sights. Right. Absolutely. I told these guys when they first started, I was like, if you're not sniping, nobody uses their sights, bro. Come on. You know, you're yeah. not, there's, you're watching the BB. That's just, yeah. it's a natural thing. You see it, your eyes focus on it. You see where it's hitting and you just Kentucky windage that shit, you know, like, Let's yeah. just move it <laughs> where I need to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it would be nice to have a gun so accurate. You could do that, you know, majority yeah. of the time, but there's other factors. It's not like a real bullet. So it's, uh, you know, the wind or there's a bush there. Like you just kind of got to see where it goes, not just yeah, like down the sights. Yeah. It's like, to be honest with you, like I agree and like sometimes I think I'm just like I'm trying to use it, like trying to make it work more than it actually works. Because like <laughs> at the end of the day, um, 
what good is it like if you can't you like there's no way you can zero an airsoft optic like mm. it would have you would have to have it be so consistent the shot ends up in the same spot every time and airsoft guns just don't really do that so it really right. you're just aiming at a general area like it's it's not really it's not really accurate yeah so like when you're looking down so in a real steel like real guns when you shoot your uh your sight picture and your sight alignment all that stuff is what you focus on because you can't see the bullet. So, you know, your sight picture is where you see, you know, your sights lined up and your target. And then you, you don't, you never focus on your target. Your target should be blurry, like in in real steel, you know, when shooting. So, and your sight uh, alignment obviously is the, you know, if you have iron sights is, you know, this right here, you know, so you're, uh, that's what you want to focus on. Yeah. And bring that up and then, you know, and then line it up with your target. So you don't really know, uh, you're not focusing on this BB coming out, right? Uh, you know, cause you can't see a bullet, but, uh, with B, you know, with these guns, we, we go out and shoot and I'm like, you can try to aim down the sights all you want, bro. Your, your, your eyes naturally stop focusing on this sight picture yeah. and watch the BB. Cause it just, you, you see this moving thing and you know, our yeah, eyes it are grabs your, it grabs your ca- attention. Exactly. Our, yeah. my, our eyes catch movement, you know, more so than, you know, uh, something that's still. Right. So you see that baby going out and you just naturally follow it. So yeah. <clears throat> sights are a cool thing to have. I mean, it's tactical, but, yeah. uh, if you're not sniping now, snipers, you know, kicking Mustang, uh, you know, stuff like that. They're, uh, they're actually using their scope. You know, they're still following the BB through the scope, uh, you know, to see where it hits and adjusting uh, on the fly because of wind or, you know, drop or whatever, how far it is. But, uh, you know, real steel, you can't, you, you can't do that. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I see like, I see a lot of, um, I'll see like AEG users with like a, with like an ACOG, which is like a four times optic. Right. Or even even more like a variable like that goes mm-hmm. up even more than four like for even the, like the most well tuned like you don't need a four times optic like mm-hmm. you're looking farther than you can shoot right yep exactly yeah yeah there's uh, it's it's fun to have and and it's great for target acquisition right so like if you have yes. it zoomed in you know something zoomed in even those red dots kind of amplify you know, the surrounding, you know, cause it right. helps you, your eyes focus through that little lens. And so yeah. you're, you're very focused on this thing. So you can kind of see a guy peeking out from behind a tree, but it's not really helping, uh, like placing that red dot perfectly in the center. Like you're supposed to with sight picture and all that. And then, and then shooting, you're, you're just, you, you throw a couple of BBs out there and see where it goes, <laughs> right, then, right. you know, and just yeah. adjust, you know, for that. Yeah, actually, um, so speaking about, um, like, watching the BBs, this is my other gun. Um, so this is, this has the longer rail. This is yeah. the SPR. That um, looks nice. But, yeah, it's got, this is the Ace Tech Brighter C, um, and I put I put a flashlight on the end, too. Oh, that's awesome. Um, but I intend to use this um, for the night part of the game. Like, I think... When I signed up, it said, like, the night game goes until, like, 
eight thirty, nine o'clock, and like sunsets at like six fifteen. So there's going to be at least a couple hours of nighttime. So I'm really excited. I've never, I've actually never played a night game um, mm-hmm. with a tracer. Like I've had the option to use a tracer inside, like at an arena. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of indoor airsoft, so I've never done it. But um, really excited, just like watch the glowing BBs fly out at night. Like I think that'll yeah. be a lot of fun. Yeah, I I was uh, talking to uh, one of the guys that has his own YouTube channel, uh, and we connected on through YouTube. Uh, Gunfather Milsim is his name. Is oh yeah, I like yeah. I like his stuff a lot, dude. Yeah, he's got. Some good I mean, he's he's a SWAT officer. Like he right. he knows what he's talking about. He knows what the fuck's going on. So yeah, he said uh, he made a comment. Somebody said something. I don't know if it was on a comment on his video or 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 something. Uh, but somebody made a comment about night games and yeah. or night vision or something like that. And he said, uh, well, in night games, there's people ha- that have night vision and then there's targets <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. I was like, that is so true, bro. Yeah. Like, cause it's, you know, if it's pitch dark, bro. Yeah. I mean, you can, you know, turn your flashlight on, but, uh, yeah. you're just lighting up where you're at, you know? Yeah, uh, man, Gunfather Millstone. I I really enjoy his stuff. Yeah, and he's he's so like he's so matter of fact, and so um, I don't know how to put it, but I can just like see him like at an airsoft field with like all these immature like kids and young adults, <laughs> and like there he is. Like that's got to be something. He's but, uh, you know, he he's actually you know he's probably a, a lot of fun, you know, with that. He's probably really understanding with that stuff. But you know, when he does his yeah. videos, he's really well spoken. Absolutely. With, uh, in in how to, uh, you know, get to the point of what he's trying to talk about. Yeah. And I think that you know a lot of that is probably you know just part of him, uh, and how he is, but also the training he's had over the last you know thirteen years. Right. And he's been in a teacher, you know, a teaching position or whatever, you know, like he's an instructor. Right. So, and when you're an instructor, man, like I remember these guys in the military, I worked, uh, my last duty station in the military was uh, on a shooting range. And uh, a lot of the guys that were like over the range, you know, over us, the range coaches were, uh, when you're in that position, like you, you, you kind of have this certain lingo and this, you know, the step-by-step, and you do it so many times, like over and over and over. We worked with uh, some of the recruits that were coming up from uh, boot camp. Mm. Uh, now, I went to Paris Island here in South Carolina, but there's a Marine Corps boot camp in San Diego. And that's where they went to qualify was on Etson Range, where I worked. Mm. So, uh, but you get in this habit of, you know, the step-by-step kind of uh, instruction and he does a really good job of, of doing that, you know, when his, uh, on his videos. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, well, so I, his, I, I really like what he's doing just cause like, I think he's trying to do it, but he's definitely like building a bridge between airsoft and real steel, mm-hmm. which like might be his intention. I don't know, but like I could see his stuff doing that. Um, but he's got to have like some serious patience, like, Cause he, like he, I mean, he teaches with real guns, like SWAT officers. And like, when you go to an airsoft field, like, I guess most people probably don't think about it, but just using like some, even though it's a replica, like 
just having replica firearms, the amount of like safety violations that go on like every two seconds is just like mind boggling. Like, so for someone with that background to like be put in that, like he's got to have a lot of patience. Yeah. I know uh, one of the videos we talked about, we did a, uh, one of our podcasts, he says, yeah, talk just like, you know, just about that kind of thing. You know, the, uh, just the lack of like muzzle discipline, trigger discipline, uh, kind of whatever. And uh, he's like, you know, the, really the big thing that bothers me in airsoft is anti-frapticide rules. I'm like, what the fuck is that word? Like, I never even heard of that word. <laughs> I, I, I watched that video. And yeah. since watching that, I've noticed it all the time. It right. happens constantly. Yep. <laughs> yeah, man. Guys are just like, you know, and I was just talking about this uh, with uh, Murph Sauce <clears throat> on the podcast. Like, these guys come out here. Most of them don't have you know, any kind of weapon training, you know, growing up. So they go to the airsoft field. Oh, it's toy guns. It's just toy guns, toy guns, toy guns. So they don't uh, have this training at home. And I really think it's, you know, you know, I don't know if you have kids or not, but so I'm not trying to offend any parents out there, but look, if you're a parent and your kids are older and you haven't taught them like gun safety, you're fucking up. Like, even if you're not for guns, I think I was saying that in the last one, you know, even if you're not like, you don't even have to be uh, like pro gun or whatever. Just it's something that uh, statistically your children or somebody's children, you know, are going to be in contact with between the time they're, you know, eight and 10 or whatever until they're 18, you know, adult, whatever in their lifetime, they're going to be in contact. They're going to come in contact with a weapon. Right. That a friend, uh, wherever, you know, it's, I felt, you know, it was my duty as a, as a dad to teach my kids this basic thing, just like don't touch the hot stove, just like, yeah. uh, don't grab this knife, you know, butcher knife out of the thing because it's sharp. Uh, yeah. you know, it was, that's kind of how I looked at it. And, but a lot of these, you know, guys go on the field, they're 14, 15, whatever. And they've never held a weapon, ever, and maybe a Nerf gun, and right. uh, and they get out there, so they don't even know. They're just standing there in a group talking, trigger, you know, fingers on the trigger, batteries in, magazines in, <laughs> and their muzzles right at your face, like right. bro, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I agree with all of that. Um, yeah, it's it's wild. But um, that actually reminds me, I think I heard this in one of your podcasts, but I don't know if it was you or someone you might have been interviewing from somewhere around your area. Did someone say that in the Car- one of the Carolinas or the Carolinas, do they not use um, gun bags or not gun bags? The uh, the ones, the, the thing you put over your muzzle. Oh, the barrel sock? Yeah. Do they not use those? No, we don't. We don't. Wow. They're not required. Yeah, they're not required. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Up here in Maryland. So I play all the fields I play at are in Maryland and there's one in PA, like just over the PA border, but all of those fields, it's a requirement. I'm like, I'm used to that. And, um, yeah. So basically until the game starts, your magazine's out and you have that barrel sock on and they give you a few seconds before the game starts to take it off and lock and load, put your mag in. Um, so yeah, that's wild. I uh, I don't like rules, like more rules, uh, laws, rules, whatever. Mm-hmm. But that one, I, and I didn't like it when it first when I first started seeing it. 
you know, yeah. a couple years ago, I guess. Uh, I know it's been around for a while, but uh, I, I, I just, I understand why they have these rules. Cause like I said, these guys, you know, if you're in the staging area or you're in the chrono area, you know, when you go chrono, you got to have this thing ready to shoot. Right. And guys are standing around and they have, you know, if they're just, somebody is walking up and maybe they don't have their, their, their glasses are sitting on their forehead or something because they're just sitting yeah. bullshitting and they're, you know, it's hot and it's steaming up and they're like, Oh, we're in, we're just chrono and it's no big deal. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then some other dude is just pow, you know, like it just, it's going to happen, you know? So I understand the barrel sock thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't like that. We have to have rules like that. I'd rather mm-hmm. people, uh, teach their kids, you know, from a young age <laughs> responsibility, but, right. uh, but you know, it's when you're dealing with, uh, large groups of people, you don't know their background, you don't know whatever. And these airsoft things, man, these airsoft fields have, uh, you know, they've tried to transition since paintball, you know, cause a lot of them oh, were yeah. paintball f- fields originally. Yeah. So actually around me are all, everything I pretty much go to their paintball fields that do mm-hmm. airsoft and, uh, Balahack was the first time I played at like a field that was like strictly airsoft. Right. So like there's pretty much nothing in Maryland except the indoor stuff that's only airsoft. Yeah, and a lot of those field owners uh, that came from, you know, the 90s that had a paintball field that started transition over to both or whatever, a lot of those guys stopped playing years ago. They just mm-hmm. run the field because, that you know, it's like they usually work full-time somewhere. They run the field on the weekend or certain nights or whatever, if it's like a CQB or whatever. And it's, you know, it's not usually their full-time thing because – most fields aren't like Balahack or these other, you know, ones out in California where they have these huge events that, you know, can fund this uh, field all the time. So they work full-time job. They come out, they've transitioned from paintball and it's, I think it's been a huge adjustment for them and they're not used to these, uh, you know, all these young kids coming out that don't know what the hell, <laughs> you know? And I, I think uh, it's just, and then the insurance uh, costs have gone up for airsoft fields. Right. I don't know if you saw an article in the, uh, I think it was like a year and a half ago, uh, maybe two years ago now, but, you know, insurance was jacked up huge in some state, especially in, you know, certain states that, uh, you know, some of these airsoft fields had to close because they couldn't afford the insurance. Right. So, but they had to have ah. insurance because you have accidental shootings. Like, yeah. bro. You know, if you don't have these accidents, then the parents won't be pissed. The kids won't get hurt, you know, that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, it's it's got to be a hard adjustment for these uh, airsoft field owners to, you know, kind of incorporate the safety stuff without being too restrictive. Right. And, uh, you know, and deal with large groups of people. Uh, with a wide, uh, huge range of uh, age range, you know, right. young kids to whatever, old dudes like me. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. It. Um. Uh, yeah. I, I have no idea how the insurance works or what it costs, but I'm sure it's not cheap. But it can't be. Yeah. Um. And there's there's so many liabilities that go along with that. Um. I went to a like a single day event at one of the fields near me, and um. 
a group of guys, they showed up with a bunch of launchable tagging rounds. Yeah. Um, and they had like, so I think they had some chalk ones, but they mostly had the ones that explode on impact, um, which is so cool. But uh, they were shooting them like at people. Oh. And uh, like first half of the game, like people were complaining, like showing their bruises from being hit with this stuff. Yeah. And uh, the the field owners like agreed to it ahead of time, like not thinking much of it. And then second half, they're like, you guys can't use that anymore. Like we're going to get <laughs> sued. Like you can't use that. <laughs> hey, look, I'm going to I need to I need to find a lot of these field owners that kind of like don't know about this and right. send them or have them go watch the video we did on the tag in, not because mm-hmm. I want more views on the video. I don't care, but they need to see the, the power of this thing. Yeah. Like they, they are, uh, they're meant for those mill sims or what they're meant for technicals, you know, just yeah. to shoot at, at trucks and you know, whatever. Yeah. So, um, one of the two guys that brought all this pyro, um, was infantry in the army and he used like a real m203 and he's like the trajectory is not that far off like i was really good at this because i know how to fire a 203 and that's why so many people got hit <laughs> dude this uh yeah when we first shot it i had no cl- i hadn't seen any videos on it okay i i had no clue what to expect and uh and i'm like whatever because we you know i shot uh m203 i also shot the uh the Mark 19, which is a, um, have you seen videos on that? I don't know. Yeah. It's a, uh, the 40 millimeter grenade, <laughs> uh, machine gun. Right. It's like belt and, fed, right? Yeah. Belt fed. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, that and the M2, you know, the 50 cal were the two favorite weapons to shoot. Like you'll, you'll never forget shooting those things they're they're awesome. But, right. uh, but though, you know, and they, they throw them out there pretty far and fast. But when we, we started using this thing, uh, before we shot it, I'm like, okay, we got all these tarps set up. We're like 250 feet away. It's going to be fine. Nope. <laughs> this thing <laughs> zings right through, and this was a, a dummy round, you know. It zings right through the tarp, all the way back in the woods and the kudzu. Like, it's gone. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. This thing is nuts. We try to get farther back and farther back. But anyway, we ended up getting uh, some of those uh, explosive rounds. We finally caught it on, on video where it exploded in, you know, in front of the camera. Nice. But, uh, but yeah, those things are, man, I can't imagine somebody using that, like shooting it at personnel right. on the field, you know? <laughs> mm. Yeah, I'm um... – uh, taggings are nice. I had uh, I don't even remember what kind it was. I think I someone gave it to me, um, but it had the spoon and all. Like you pull the pin oh, yeah. and you let the spoon go, and then the delay starts and the fuse goes off. But I I'm I like the EG sixty sevens a lot. Like they're not they as do. powerful as the taggings, but I think they do the trick. Right. Like yeah, having the them. having the spoon adds a cool factor to it. Right. But like EG EG sixty sevens are nice in my book. Yeah. Yeah, we got a couple of those in uh, some mystery boxes. That was the yeah. uh, smoke, uh, the smoke, the yellow smoke. Oh yeah, you like pull the yeah. wire and it smokes. Yeah, yeah. And it has the same thing, you know. You pull the pin and then you know toss it. It's a sm- it's a giant smoke grenade. It looks just like the other one, but yeah. uh, you know, it was EG. I was like, what is this thing? It's like, oh, it's this Anoli Gay, uh, you know, smoke thing, whatever. I was like, oh, we got to try this out. We have a couple of videos 
where we let some off and then they're walking through the, the yellow smoke. Um, so we just, you know, but we never had the, the explosive ones. Just oh, okay. the smoke ones. Yeah. Yeah. Those are cool. Yeah. The EG six to sevens are nice. Um, some of the fields I go to will sell them, but, uh, it's like a treat. I treat myself to every now and then, like I'll buy a few, but it, they're like $10 a pop. So it's yep. like, Ten dollars for one throw, damn! Like that money could have been put towards something else. But <laughs> I know, just, just a little treat here and there. <laughs> yeah, when you go to a mill sim or, or you know a, a one day uh, skirmish or whatever, uh, they're really nice to have. Because, yeah. You know, like a smoke grenade. Uh, if you guys have to push somewhere, yeah, or you know you're you're pinned down somewhere, like it's it's really really nice to have. Uh, and, and if somebody's videoing, like, you know, somebody's got GoPros on or whatever, it's a really cool effect to have this right. smoke going across the field, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. So I, I, I've heard in your other videos, you were saying like, after, um, after your injury, you were editing a lot of the videos, um, like your sons were giving to you, like kudos to that. Like I, that's one thing I probably will never do in airsoft is like link cameras up and do that. I just have like, I have no desire to edit footage. Like that just seems way too tedious. Well, I appreciate that, man. Yeah. I, uh, I, yeah, I was coming out of being paralyzed. You know, uh, I had a, uh, an illness called Guillain-Barre syndrome mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, autoimmune disorder, whatever, like you're fine one day. And then a week later in your wheelchair, that kind of thing. So, Oh no. Uh, and it lasts like recovery lasts. It lasted a long time. But, uh, yeah. you know, I was going nuts, you know, I had to do something. So I, I was thinking about this. Somebody asked me the other day, uh, one of the guys I was working around on the job site said, you know, that knows I, uh, we have a YouTube channel for uh, airsoft. And he's like, do you, uh, I was like, yeah, man, we, I started like five YouTube channels. <laughs> no kidding. I did one for my family. Like just my, uh, I, you know, we're originally from uh, Cleveland, Ohio. We have my mom, uh, my mom and two sisters, my wife has, you know, a bunch of cousins and aunts and uncles up, up North still in Ohio. So I started a YouTube channel to, uh, post videos and stuff of like our kids growing up, you know, special events or whatever that they couldn't come down for it just for them. So it'd be, you know, they're not public, you know, a lot of them aren't public. So I started one for that. So I started learning how to edit for things like that. Well then, uh, you know, I was sick or whatever. I, me and Colton, uh, started a review channel, CNR reviews. So we review, he's like, what are we going to review? I'm like, fuck, I don't know. Pick something out of the kitchen. <laughs> so we review like a, a blender or some shit. You know what I mean? Like we did all kind of stuff. Then I started a cooking channel with my daughter. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, most of these, I haven't really done a whole lot with. And then, uh, then I started a, uh, then the airsoft channel. Then I started uh, a gaming channel, you know, for wow. video games. And there was another one, but anyway, I, I just <laughs> if, I needed you've lost track of how many videos you have. You have a lot, bro. I'm telling you, I've got an eight. I've got an eight terabyte uh, external hard drive that is almost full. I've got uh, terabytes that I pay for extra every month on Google Drive or whatever that I put all these videos on. You know, it's like. I found like uh, 200 and something videos 
just from our airsoft channel that we never published. Like, you know, and some of them are small clips, uh, you know, like behind the scenes, like we're getting ready or whatever, or like gameplay that never, I just didn't feel I was burned out. Didn't feel like editing, you know, yeah. I've got like 200 and some videos just from our channel that I've never even put on our channel yet. Right. And, uh, so two of them I posted in the last, uh, three weeks, excuse me, on, uh, just for our patrons and our members. So, and it's like uncut, unedited, just put it on there. Nice. And, uh, but yeah, I've got, dude, I just, I needed something to do because I was go, I was literally going nuts. So, oh, God, I bet. Wow. <laughs> so I got into editing and I loved it. I really like doing it. Uh, really? And I did it so much in the beginning. I, I did get burned out, but, uh, but now I'm back into it, uh, in the last month or whatever. And I'm doing these YouTube shorts and stuff. Yeah. And I'm having yeah, a lot that, of fun with that. That seems to be the thing now. Like if, if you're putting the shorts out, it's like, that's how you gain traction. It seems like, seems like, yeah, yeah. we've noticed a huge, uh, you know, uptick in our views with, uh, with these shorts and I, I that, love doing them. That that's good. You love doing them, but like, I'm the opposite. Like I don't really watch shorts. Like I'd rather watch like a long video that like yeah. catches my attention. Like, I don't, maybe, I don't know what it is, but like the, it's, it's on Instagram too. Like, and obviously TikTok, but right. just these like short clips or what people want. But like, I'd rather just watch like a comprehensive video of something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, uh, you know, we're, I'm trying to get the guys back together. So we're, uh, I sent out a mat, uh, like a blast message to these guys, um, like three, four weeks ago mm-hmm. saying, Hey man, <clears throat> I know all your schedules are, you know, we're, it's crazy right now, but, uh, I really miss you guys being on the channel. I want, you know, I, I want y'all to be in a video soon, you know, where right. we can figure out when we can get together. So we're, uh, we're working on it. We're working mm-hmm. on it because nice. those are the, those are the most fun videos we've had, you know, filming. And I think a lot of people like them more, you know, with all of us together, there's a right. different dynamic than just, you know, my dumb ass sitting here trying to, do an unboxing by myself or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I do miss yeah. these guys and it's, uh, you know, we're trying to get everybody back together and have yeah, a bigger video. I, it, I'm, am I right? I think some of your older unboxings, it will be like two of you and you will be sitting side by side, each with a box. Is that yeah, right? It, yeah. And then, so there was four of us. So it was me, JP, Chris and Coltrane. We'd all get a box. So, if we were able to all get a box, you know, so we, we would be sitting there ready and, and, you know, ready for the, the BOA to hit, you know, to drop, yeah. we'd get one. And we like, you know, sometimes one of us would get locked out, like, oh shit, it, you know, the, the <laughs> screen didn't load, you know, it didn't happen. But uh, most of the time we got them. So we'd have four of us. So two of us would sit down and film because that's all the room we had. And, uh, and then we'd swap out and then the next two would go in and open their boxes. So we, man, we had four mystery boxes like every month. Wow. It was a yeah, lot. That's, that's really cool. Cause like, um, I think what a lot of people are watching those videos for is like getting an idea of like, what could I get? Or like get an idea of the mystery box experience. So if you have four boxes there, that's a bigger sample size for people to say, Oh, like, you get an idea of what could really happen like more accurately. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, That's there's really guys cool. like uh, Salty Old Gamer. Okay. Uh, he's actually in, uh, he's not far from us. He's in Georgia. I've, I've been wanting to, uh, get up with him after COVID bullshit, whatever, and yeah. go down there and, and, uh, and, you know, do like a, a collaboration video with him or, you know, just hang out with him whenever. And, right. um, cause he's close. And then C7 Viper, those two guys do some, they'll get like these massive unbox. They'll buy like four or five boxes, Yeah, you know? And, uh, and open all of them, you know, by themselves, whatever. But, uh, and that's a really cool, you know, really cool thing to see. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. We would get in the beginning, we had guests. So, uh, JP's cousin, uh, the guy's friends from high school, we'd talk to them, you know, they would be talking to them about the BOAs coming out. They'd order one. And I think one of our videos or maybe a couple of them, we had like six boxes, because yeah. there were six of us and we'd all take turns, you know, opening our boxes and stuff. But nice. <laughs> it was cool to see what everybody got. Yeah. Um, C7 Viper, who you mentioned is, um, I think he's pretty close to where I am. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. So I've never met him, but uh, there's one field I play at. It's in Maryland, but it's like right on the Delaware border. Um and right by that field, there's a um, there. There used to be a store. I forget what it's. It was something Armory, but um, they went out of business, and he basically bought like their remaining inventory. Oh yeah. And I think he said he lived pretty local to there. I'm not sure if he's in Maryland or Delaware, but somewhere I, around there. I think he's in Michigan, but I, I might be wrong. He might be over, you know, closer to you. But uh, okay. I did I did see that video where he did the. Uh, I think he did a video on it. Where he yeah. bought all that stuff from the that store going out of business, whatever. Yeah, I, I never made it to that store, and it's a shame because I heard good things about it. They had um, they had a good relationship with Polar Star because Polar Star's in Delaware, mm. um, like so the proximity made for like a good relationship. You could go in there and like pick a gun, and they any gun pretty much they they could have an engine in it ready for you pretty quick. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what these guys are doing now. One of the guys uh, that lives fairly close to us down in Columbia, it's like two hours away. He uh, he's building a Polar Star, you know, build right now, mm-hmm. and uh, he three three D prints a lot of his external stuff. Yeah. So he wants to put you know this Polar Star engine in and, and do a whole Kythera build, mm-hmm. and who the guy you know uh, Todd Tugboat Captain. Yeah. He's done one and uh you know his work's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he's a very knowledgeable guy. I think um probably sooner rather than later, I imagine myself getting into the HPA world. Um I used to be pretty uh, adverse to it. Like I used to think like I wouldn't want to have a line, like I just was a pretty yeah. opposed to that. But um a buddy of mine um got an HPA gun and his, our other buddy, um, he's built HPAs for years. So the one guy that built the gun for my other friend, he actually has, um, it's a receiver that has like polar star markings on it. Like it was a gun that it wasn't made by polar star, but it was like in collaboration with them. And apparently it's like super rare. It's from like, it's from like 12 or 13 years ago. So you don't really, you don't really see those much. But he's like crazy about HPA, and when my friend Rob wanted to get into it, 
he knew like everything he needed and he got the parts like cheaper getting them used on ebay and put it together for him and so i play with those guys a lot and like once or twice they would let me um chris would let me use one of his spare hpa setups and i loved it like i had a blast and like i yeah. didn't care that there was a line like it didn't bother me and like so sometimes i'll see him and he'll be like um you want to use the hpa i'm just like nah i don't want to destroy my wallet <laughs> like if i do that too much like i'm gonna have to get one and then yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah 600 to a thousand dollars later you're like oh shit you know <laughs> yeah yeah it can be expensive but you know the one good thing about those there's no gears it's not gonna wear out you yeah. know, as fast as you know uh, a regular aeg and uh god they're quiet they are yeah. so quiet when you don't, when you pull your weapon up and you don't have that, you know, that yeah, winding machine, sound yeah. of the, yeah, of the, you know, the gearbox, yeah. man, it's so nice. It, it's yeah. really nice to shoot, you know? And the, the shot, the shot consistency is amazing. Mm -hmm. Like every shot, like, and when you chrono on like a well-tuned HPA, there's minimal like rise and drop in FPS. Right. Yeah. They're, they're within, you know, less than 10 uh, FPS, you know, yep. range or whatever. Like they're really, really, you know, consistent. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's yeah. uh. so Chris actually built one and we, we filmed it and mm -hmm. he built a, uh, he didn't want the line. Okay. So he bought a, a stock that would hold, Oh, oh, the Wraith stock? Yep. Yeah. It would hold that 12-ounce or uh, whatever it is, the long, skinny, you know, that would fit in the stock, and you just screw it in the back. Right. There's no line. So you have your tank in the in the stock of the gun. Oh, that's Now, cool. it's not going to last, you know, probably for a three-day mil sim, but, right. you know, it'll last. Uh, but you can buy, the you know, a, an extra tank and, and just throw it in your pack. Cause they're so small That's and then cool. just take, you know, pop the back off, screw it in. So we filmed this whole thing. We never published it because he, uh, something was wrong with the hop up or the barrel mm. and it kept, something kept happening. He wouldn't tell me what it was. I, I never saw, he would go out and test it. I wasn't out there. Yeah. So, I think uh, sometimes with HPA, like the nozzle doesn't align the same way it would on like an AEG. Yep. Or like if the I nozzle like built for I think that's what was happening. Cause yeah. I think he talked, he actually talked to Todd about it and Todd was recommending, uh, that the nozzle wasn't coming back far enough or, you know, the, the cyclic rate wasn't, you know, set right or something like that. And right. then he had to adjust some kind of screws in there to, uh, accommodate that. But I'm, it was right around the time when he was getting promoted at when all these guys schedules changed. So mm. he, he kind of just, it's sitting in his closet and we have this unfinished thing, but that is an option. If you want to do something like that. Yeah. Uh, if you don't want the line in a big tank. Yeah, I'm, back. I'm actually, I'm, I'm not really opposed to a line anymore. Like just because of how awesome of an experience it was made yeah. up for like any downside of having a line. Like it, it's completely worth it in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. If your line's not getting in your way, yeah. It's, uh, it's, they're totally worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I like, I always, I'm always, I'm constantly tinkering with like 
stuff on my kit and seeing what I can do for the guns. Um, mainly my G and G, like I've had, I've paid like a tech to like do upgrades on that. Like I don't do that myself. The ta- the cry tax, I leave stock. Yeah. Um, but like, it's I'm I'm thinking like, do I when it comes time, like, do I buy another AEG or should I just make the investment and get an HPA and be done with it? And like, yeah, I, I'm probably leaning more towards that way. But like, I, the one thing that might sway me the other way is if like Crytac comes out with like a Trident MK3, like the MK2 oh, is yeah. the newest one. But right. if they came out with an MK3, that would be like a, a shut up and take my money kind of moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're badass, man. They're really good. Yeah. Yeah. Chris and JP both have the, uh, the LVOA C's or whatever. Yeah. It's the same gearbox. Yeah. 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 Those things. There's a, a short that I just put up a couple days ago that, uh, they were shooting these paint targets or paint bags or whatever, uh, with the, uh, they each had their LVOAs and, um, with drum mags. Oh, just full nice. autoing, and we did like slow motion on the the paint splatter stuff. <laughs> but they're just like, and those things, you know, just shoot flawless, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. man, it's been uh, it's been really really cool talking with you and getting to yeah. meet, getting to meet you and getting to know you. Yeah, absolutely. I um, again, like I like the show. I love it, and uh, I love Thank talking you. airsoft. So this has been good. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely do it again. Uh, you know, when you've played a few more games and maybe got some more gear, you know, let me know. But uh, we will. Uh, I'm going to talk to these guys about the March. I'm going to have to. I'll look that uh, that event up. Okay. And uh, you know, like I said, we're we're in contact with Valkyrie, but uh, I'll have to see what you know when and where that is. We'll look it up and see how far to, far away it is and what weekend it is, and. Uh, you know, that would be a really cool thing to go out there and uh, with those guys. And then, you know, if you're going, yeah, it'd be fun. You know, it'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. So for now, like, I, I think I'm probably most likely going to end up going solo, which is fine. Because um, like, I bought the tickets without, like, really having anyone else lined up. But if I can get someone I know to go, definitely going to try and do that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, awesome, man. Well, uh, where can people find you on uh, Instagram? So um, my Instagram is uh, GTF underscore Airsoft. Well, thanks a lot, man. It was good talking with you. Yeah, you too, Iraq. Take it easy. All right, brother. Later, man. (laughs) 